At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Trainer. Thanks so much for joining me again in the SI studios with my producer, Brandon Nix. Brandon, how are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm doing well. You're uh, a week, a little more than a week in here at your tenure at SI. How's it going so far? Going pretty good. Yeah? All right. That's good. That's good. Sometimes it's... Uh Sometimes it takes a little while to get things rolling here with your email, your computer, this, that. So uh, hopefully they, they set you up good. It's been smooth. Yeah. Not much drama. You enjoying the podcast here at SI? Oh, of course. Yeah. Good answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> glad Brandon's with us. We're going to uh, we're gonna change the format of the podcast slightly. It's not going to be a major change, but what we're going to do every week going forward, I'm going to start it this week as a matter of fact, is... I'm going to keep the top of the show, the first 30 minutes, and don't hold me to 30. It might be 20 some week. It might be 35 another week. So don't don't hold me to 30 exactly. But a, a, approximately 30 minutes at the top will always be sports media related in terms of we're going to go through the sports media news of the week, the stories of the week in sports media with a rotating cast. Um, you know, the usual we have Andrew Marchand today. I'll call on, you know, the John Orans and all of uh, the media people out there, and I'm going to mix in some people from the SI office. You're going to hear some new voices just to mix it up with me about sports media news and give our opinions on stuff. And then in the last 30 minutes of the podcast will be an interview, and the beauty of that is I can pretty much interview anyone then. Once I cover the sports media stuff, if I want to – you'll hear sports media people in that spot. Don't get me wrong. The guys you've heard on this uh, podcast throughout me taking it over – whether it's Tony Reale, Ryan Rossillo, Ian Eagle, um, Scott Van Pelt, you'll hear all those people still. But if I want to have a week where I want to interview a WWE superstar like this week, Roman Reigns, for instance, he's on. We got him. But if you're interested in sports media and not in WWE, we got you covered with sports media. So that's how we're going to do it going forward. Think that sounds good, Brandon? Yes. <laughs> And hopefully this will also open up to do more interviews with non-sports people, which I like to do. And I know you guys like you guys responded really well when I had Bill Burr on and Steve Carell, obviously. So we'll always give you sports media, and then we'll give you an interview with 
someone in sports media, someone not in sports media, someone maybe not even in sports. So that, that's how we're going to do things going forward. Uh, and like I said, so this episode, we've got Andrew Marshan, and him and I cover the latest sports media news on everything from the new Fox college football pregame show to uh, Stephen A's mistakes and Marv Albert possibly uh, being demoted from Turner in a couple of years. And then WWE superstar Roman Reigns joins the podcast. You know that story by now, even if you're not a wrestling fan. Uh, in October, he announced he had leukemia and he left the company for a while, returned a couple of weeks ago, and he is in remission. It's a great story. And he uh, joins us for an interview and talks about his health and getting back on the WWE grind. So that pretty much covers it. Did I leave anything out? I think we covered it. No, nope, that's pretty much it. All right. Um, I asked you last week, remind me again, what are your teams? Oh, we're doing this again. Uh, Just remind me. Mets, Giants, Bulls, okay, St. So John's. Odell, I got it. What's your take on Odell real fast? Um, I don't understand why the Giants would sign him to that huge contract right. and, then de- and then decide to trade him the next year. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. Um, I don't understand trading him and keeping Eli. That's what I don't get. That too. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's going to be sad to see him yeah. go. But at the same time, it's a business and I understand. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Odell going to the Browns, Andrew Marshan and I talked about what the NFL may do with the Browns in terms of scheduling and opening night. So stick uh, stick with us for that. So let's get it all rolling. You're going to hear Andrew Marshan in the New York Post covering uh, all the sports media news. And uh, we get very heated about the Fox College football pregame show. So if you like uh, people fighting, that's for you. And then uh, you'll hear from Roman Reigns in the second half of the podcast. And make sure you subscribe, rate, Review. Here's Andrew Marchand. All right, joining me now, SI Media Podcast regular, New York Post sports columnist slash sports reporter, Andrew Marchand, who had a big week this week. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Jimmy? I am very well. We saw each other on Tuesday at the CBS Turner Media Day uh, for the NCAA tournament. I'll start there since the tournament is coming up. You know, we, we, especially me, I'm not going to put this on you. I'll speak for myself. We do, you know, bitch and moan a lot about sports media, networks, coverage. The tournament is one of those things that CBS and Turner get right, I think. I think for the most part, all the announcers are great. Nance, um, Harlan, Greg Gumbel in the studio, Ian, they have Raftery as a legend. The tournament coverage, for, for as big of an event as it is, they get it right for the most part. Would you agree or disagree? No, I would agree with that. I think it's an enjoyable kind of celebration of a sport that their other events maybe aren't as much. And I also think it helps them uh, that I think there's a lot of us who – really like college basketball but maybe aren't as engaged all year and tournament comes around and you say all right next three weeks i'm watching a lot of college basketball and so um i think that works to their advantage but but they've been doing it a long time and i do think they do a very good job they had the big blunder last year with the selection show where they decided to announce the teams alphabetically and i give them credit they listened to the feedback and they they're changing it for this year so Kudos to them for actually listening to fans, which most sports networks do not like to do. Yeah, I mean, that was far from shocking. You also have to understand that was more Turner produced last year. Not more. It was Turner produced. Mm -hmm. And they were trying it for the first time. They tried to do something new. 
they admitted it pretty quickly after that it didn't work. Uh, and so I don't think this is surprising that CBS went back to the old format because I disagree with you. I, I think they, the networks are very cognizant of what people say, and that was overwhelmingly negative. And so uh, I don't think this is, uh, this is not a 16, you know, beating a one in terms of decisions, you know, upset specials. This was, uh, I think, a slam dunk the day after that happened last year. Yeah, for sure. I do think I, I still, I'll give one knock on this election show. I still think it's a little bizarre to have Barkley and Kenny Smith there. I mean, they've done it so many years now. You expect it. It's not something that's too shocking, but you have a college football selection show and Kenny Smith and Charles Barkley are on. Nah, I get it. Charles will say anything. He gets attention for anything he says. And I get the synergy with Turner and CBS, but it's still, a, a, to me, to just not have it be Greg Gumbel and, you know, two, you know, Clark Kellogg and one other guy, to me, it's a bad luck, but that's just me. If you have Barkley, you know, you, you, you play the star, but I, but I understand what you're saying in terms of breaking down the eight, nine matchup, even though Charles did say he's watched about a hundred games, which is a lot since January. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I don't know if Charles is the, is the man on that, but, but obviously, uh, you know, he's one of the greats of all time in terms of sports television. Now, you your big story this week that you broke uh, is that Fox has hired Urban Meyer and Reggie Bush. They're going to be doing a college football pregame show nationally on on big Fox Sports, not FS1, and it's going to be Rob Stone as the host, who I like and does a good job, and then you have Urban Meyer, Reggie Bush, Matt Leinart, Brady Quinn. Uh, I took issue with some of your verbiage in that story, which we can discuss, uh, but. I'm curious. So the Fox, they gave you the quote, this is the Mount Rushmore of college football because you have the great coach and Meyer and the great players and the other three. Did anyone from Fox say anything to you, though, about this is our way of challenging game day, which would be laughable? Or are they just thinking, okay, let's, we have a, they do have a good package with the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Let's get a legitimate pregame show on the network. What What's the mentality there with this pregame show? They understand that game day has been around for you know decades and and what it is. Um, but that said, you know Fox is Fox, so uh, you know they're not. I you know they'd have to speak to this, but um, they're not. Well, they they spoke you know, to they, you. They spoke to you. So yeah, they spoke. Yeah, they spoke to me. But I'm not speaking <laughs> for them. Bottom line is, you know, they're taking a swing at the champion. And so but they're uh, no matter how they look at it, I don't really care how they look at it. I mean, the story is that they're taking a swing at the champion. And the way they're doing it is they went out and got humongous names. And um, the only other name you could really, that comes off the top of your head, there's two probably that I could think over the last 20 years or so. College football is Tim Tebow, who's already on ESPN's payroll. And then um, Charles Woodson, who you know didn't do well on NFL Countdown. Well, that, that's uh, that's being a good college football player doesn't mean anyone wants to hear what you have to say on a pregame show. No, but the the one thing I would say though, Jimmy, is that if you're trying to contend with Game Day, which is a juggernaut, one of the all-time great shows on campuses, mm-hmm. when it's announced where they're going, it's a huge deal on these campuses. Right. How do you cut through? Now, yes, you could get. Um, you know, some really good college analysts that, you know, people know but don't really know, that might work. And I agree with you overall. If I'm a TV exec, I'm always hiring people for what they say, not for what they did, although you have to obviously consider what they did, and that can help them. But 
But at the end of the day, I think if you – I've watched Reggie Bush. I think he's pretty good. I've watched Liner. I think he's pretty good. Brady Quinn at, on games was pretty good. Now, I think the guy that, that you're pointing to, and I, I think is, is a fair point. Now, when Urban Meyer was doing college football, I was covering the Yankees for ESPN, so I wasn't really paying attention to Urban Meyer. The reviews I've read were not good. Um, he's a legendary coach. So I do think he's the wild card that he could be somebody also – we know his history. I don't know Urban Meyer at all, but I do know his history. You know, he's retired and said he's not going to coach before. He's only 54, I believe. And so the idea that maybe he's just taken a year off or a couple of years off before he goes back in the game, so maybe he won't want to say as much, I think that could be a fair thing to watch for. But if you're Fox, I think you take a swing. And they went to their old Fox formula that they, they like in terms of, if you look at their NFL pregame, they have four Hall of Famers. You look at the baseball pregame, they got A-Rod and Frank Thomas. They had Pete Rose before um, and Big Poppy now. And so that's the formula that, that they've gone to, and I don't think you can blame them. I, I know oh, your, your I absolutely was like, it's I, laughable or something. Yeah, you say, well, LOL. When you stop talking. If you were running like, Jimmy, if you were running Fox Sports, I'll tell you. you just sit back and say game day is the best, we'll just, we're not going to do anything? Here's what I would do. First of all, to challenge game day is laughable, but if you do want to take that, well, I don't think wait. you're running Fox Sports. So if you were in a meeting, you'd be like, "Hey guys, listen." Here's what I would do: game day's too good. It's laughable. We're not going to. I'll that. tell you exactly what I would do. Okay. I would put the show in a Vegas sports book, not in a studio, not on a campus. That's just copy, copy, unoriginal, copy, unoriginal. Put it in a Vegas. You don't want to be in a sports book. Do it outside the Caesars. Do it outside the MGM. That's the first thing I would do. Then, in terms of the cast, I would try to get likable people. Urban Meyer is a bad dude that people don't want to watch on television. Bad guy. Bad guy. Don't want to watch him. Don't want to hear what he has to say. So it's, it turns my stomach right off the bat that I, don't, I have no interest in watching the show because he's a, a bad guy. Go get young people. You don't need – listen, you're not going to compete with game day. So to copy that formula, Reggie – Matt Leinart and Brady Quinn have been on TV for about 10 years. You can't name one thing they've ever said. It's all, this, it's all the same cookie-cutter stuff, cookie-cutter to the max. Go get uh, – mix it up. Get a comedian. Get Do, do something different. Go get – Rob Stone is fine. He's a funny guy. He's got a good personality. But then you're just going to saddle him with the same. It's just the same cookie cutter analysts who are going to not say anything. Same old, same old. And you will be on this podcast in a year, maybe two years tops, when they cancel it or change the entire cast. We'll see. I'm not predicting they're going to be some great success. I do think it's a big deal that they're on. And I'll say this. Big I'll say this: from uh, you, you never want to judge it by this. But if I'm judging it by the responses I got on Twitter, nobody's watching that show. Maybe, Sorry, maybe. I mean, if you're turning the channel, I think if you're Fox, again, year one. I just think here's the thing: when you put up a new show, you don't just like if. And there's a incumbent show. You it takes years and years before you really can make a impasse into that. So the idea that you know, next right. year and the, you look at the ratings and yeah. So, but you have to try though. But I, those I guys, you, like, look the gambling here. Let, let's go over your ideas though. All right? Wait, I just want to say one thing. Wait, wait, I got to follow up on what you just said. 
I agree with you that it takes years and years to build a show. Those guys are not going to stay there for years and years. Meyer will be gone in one or two years tops. I mean, that's just a fact. And the other three, whether it's you know Reggie Bush, they're going to get tired of getting a 0.1 rating and no one watching them. And they're not going to stick around for to build something, especially 3X players who have all the money they need. They don't need to stick around and put in what they need to put in for that show. Here's a rule that I have. I do it for any, like when there's broadcast or whatever. I think you have to let that happen before you can say, like, you're criticizing for something that hasn't happened. What did I criticize? You're saying, for? like, in three years they're going to cancel. All right, well, they do. Then no, no, two right. years. Two years tops. Two years? Like, two yeah. years they're going to cancel it. Yeah. And perhaps that happens. And I, I mean, I, it's possible. I, if you're asking me if Meyer will be on the show long term, yeah, I don't see him doing 20 years on that show. Bingo. The other guys might like it. I'm, I got a feeling they're getting paid very well, and you know it, it could be a very good post career for them because you look at these studio guys. The one thing you have to understand too about the studio, it really keeps you relevant. I mean, it does. It keeps you very relevant as a player. You look at Howie Long and Terry Bradshaw, NFL wise. Those guys are still doing commercials. I mean, what other well, that's you know a, guys mean, that have been out of the league for thirty years are doing commercials? Nobody. That's but that's a whole that's a whole special case. But I mean, that's the reason that they'd want to do it again. And here's the thing. A good point you make. The show's only an hour. A good point you make. Are these guys want going to want to get down and dirty and really learn the teams and learn and have you know strong knowledge about what they're talking but, about? Because you have to live it to really do a show. Now, but it's not just about the knowledge. But wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me, let me wait. Let me, let me f- f- push back on that. It's not just about the knowledge, though. If you look at game day, the segments that people love. I mean, yeah, they do the to- you know Tom Rinaldi get out the the Kleenex stories and all that stuff. But they bring on the celebrity guest picker. They got Corso putting on the mascot head every day. You know, even just the stuff between Corso and Herb Street is tremendous. It's not just, you know, why this team can't play defense against a spread offense. It's not just that. And if you're in a studio, too, that especially makes it boring. You know, they're on a campus, the signs in the background. I get your your points about game day, but, but the one thing you're missing, though, I think, is that your points are basically like game day's got it down. They do a great job, and I'm not arguing that. They do. There's no doubt about that. One of the great you know, studio shows, obviously on the road, shows that, um, that's ever been made in terms of sports television. That said, if you're Fox or if you're another network, you'll just sit back and no, say, No, do something I'm not different. Try. Do something different. Cookie cutter. They went cookie cutter. I mean, the, and the Vegas thing, look, they go over your ideas. The comedian, that's a terrible idea. Come on, you're better than that. No, no, no. I, I know as one of, like, no, but who knows sports? Get someone on there from the gambling community. Get someone on I, there I, who's... The gambling, I know you're big, you like the gambling idea. That's not a terrible idea. You also have to understand that these, these networks, though, have relationships with conferences, and even though gambling obviously is becoming legal in a lot more places and it's only going to um, become more, that I don't know if the Big Ten or the Pac-10 would be able you know, that your show starts uh, from Vegas. That may not go over. Yes, because um, college because college it's football not, not, because college football idea. is so on the up and up. But that's not the point. That's I not know. the point, though. They're, I they're, know. This is a big billion-dollar – I mean, yeah, you might be right, but that's not what you're doing. They're partners with these places. So that's not that, – of your ideas, that one is less than terrible – but I don't think that would happen, at least in the near term. All right, so put together a studio show, be in the studio with, you know, the four cookie-cutter analysts who won't say anything, and, and, and enjoy putting everyone to sleep. That's what you want to do. We'll see what happens. I mean, look, they're going on Fox 5, and I, I don't think they're going to catch Countdown in year one, but I do think you have to – I think also if you're Fox, you have to, like, ESPN, like, owns 
the Saturday, and they might still own the Saturday, but Fox does, like you said, they have Pac-10, they have Big Ten. they got to try to own the Saturday a little bit more, and that's what they're trying to do with Fox. You know, they're, right. they're going My to issue, you're, you're making it like I don't think they should do anything to compete. I do think they do. They should do something to compete. Just do something different. You're just offering up the same old, same old. And because these guys were, as they call it, Mount Rushmore of college football, no one cares if they were good. Kirk Herbstreit was not a legendary college football player. I think he's worked out just we fine. Have to cut through. I mean, those are two different arguments, though. Yes. Kurt Herbstreit. But they're promoting, Fox decades. is promoting it as the Mount Rushmore of college football players. No one cares yeah. if they were good. It doesn't mean you're good as an analyst in the studio or entertaining or yeah, engaging. Yeah, you're wrong about that. You might not care, Jimmy, but they, people care. Okay, so then no one tuned out because Kirk Herbstreit wasn't a great college football player. No, but they established Kirk Herbstreit. I agree. I, I, I said that before. In terms of a, you know, in terms of how I would go about hiring, I would go on what people say. But now Kirk Herbstreit's been around. I think he started in like the mid '90s, so he's been around for what is that five? It's almost 25 years, uh, and so. When you look at it, he's been around a long time to establish himself as Kirk Herbstreit. If you're starting a network, like here's a good example. I could say I could say Dan, and I could never say his last name, Olofsky. I say it right? Orlovsky. Dan Orlovsky might be a young Kirk Herbstreit. Right? He's right. very, very good. He played at UConn, was a 10-year backup. You know, he played in the NFL. It's nothing to sneeze at, but he's not a big name. Fox could go get him and put him on the pregame show, and he'd be a very good analyst. He would not cut through in the near term. Well, so the also, reason you go for a big name, so to act as if big names don't mean anything, it's ridiculous. You care more what a big name thinks. Can a right. Kurt Herbstreit right, because, or Orlovsky earn and become a big name and right. become a big name? Yes, they can, but it takes time. Because because Magic Johnson, Bill Parcells, Joe Montana, they all worked out wonderfully. As Charles big... Barkley, John Madden, Phil Sims, Yeah, but John Madden, again. Tony Romo, Troy Aikman. All these, I mean, there's, yeah, but, yes, you could, there are a lot of people, there are some terrible, there are guys who are terrible who are big names. There are also some big names who are good. So Fox had to make the evaluation. I, you know, like I said, I've watched some of those guys. I, I've seen Reggie Bush on Apple Network. I think he's good. I mean, is he the greatest analyst ever? You know, like in terms of studio guys, there's Berkeley and there's basically everyone else. Yeah, but um, the reason why Barkley is successful is not because of his analysis, it's because he's unfiltered and says whatever he wants. There's a big difference. And he's relaxed on TV. And why is Romo so successful? Because he's, doing, so su- because he's different than every other cookie-cutter analyst out there. Yes, but also he's so relaxed on TV. So that, and then that's what you want to build in, in these studios. Now, did, they, did Fox build that? You know, maybe not. Has Game Day built that? Of course they have. All right, They've let, it for 25 years. All right, let's change the subject. We did a good amount yeah, on this. Good. Do you know from sources at ESPN... Is anyone there even slightly embarrassed that they put Stephen A. Smith on the air every day and he says something that's completely mind-boggling in terms of how wrong he is? This week he said that Redskins punter was a starting quarterback. On a Thursday night game, he talked about he couldn't wait to watch two players who hadn't played a game all season. He said Haskins was a running quarterback. At some point, does ESPN say, like, Stephen, either watch sports or stop talking about the sports you don't watch? Or because the ratings are good, nobody cares. Yeah, I mean, I, there's thousands of employees. So your question was anybody. So yeah, there are people who probably are embarrassed when Stephen A. Smith, uh, you know, makes a mistake like like he it's did happening this week. once a week now. It's it's becoming a little but, bit of a problem, no? Yeah, at the end of the day, Stephen A. Smith, when his contract up, will probably be the highest paid uh, ESPN on air person. Um, you know, that, that's most likely what will happen. So so that so I think that answers your question. At the end of the day, 
they would prefer he gets it right, but they rather right. he be loud. Right. I mean, listen. Which goes back. Watching, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, okay? And it, it's like if you're watching these shows to learn something, that's on you. Like, if you take Stephen A. Smith's opinion on everything as if it's gospel and Stephen A. knows. Now, he knows about some things. Don't get me wrong. He does. And he talks to some some people in, in certain sports, you know, obviously specifically the NBA because that's where his, you know, largest background is and his most expertise is. But if you're taking Stephen A.'s thoughts on the NFL, like it's gospel, like this guy, he knows what he's talking about. That's on you. I mean, if you're watching because he entertains you because of his delivery and how over the top he is and, you know, how he can get so worked up every single day, then then I can understand it. But so so to answer your question, yes, if it were me, I would be embarrassed that I, you know, thought the punter had played quarterback for the Redskins. I wouldn't want to do that. Well, let me be you clear. Know, that, that's not something let me you be, want to do. Let me be clear. ESPN should be embarrassed and – Anyone who watches that show should be embarrassed that they watch that show. I'll just say that right there. Okay? I guess, but it's the people who watch the show, they don't, Jimmy, they don't want you. They're, they're, they're college kids it's between classes. Right. They put on first take, and they're going in and out, but they're not, I don't know. You gotta I, I think have, it's, and also, and you, also, here's the thing. But here's the thing for Stephen A. This is a Stephen A, and actually, there's everyone out there in podcast land. We did talk about it. We're not talking about Prince stuff, but... I am going to bring him up. You know, I didn't really want to. I was going to try to. I was going to try to make this a Francesca free interview. We were making a Francesca free, but I do think there's a point here that actually that I and I and I want to go Francesca free. But so the thing that with Mike with um, the Twitter handle uh, back after this Funhouse, um, who you know who, who takes all of Mike's chronicles, um, Mike's mistakes and chronicles. gaffes. Yeah, exactly. Is that Stephen A. has to be careful not to morph into that. He's get, that, that's my point. He, it's becoming and that's the point. Right. And that, and that when, when look, Mike Francesca is still successful, but a lot of people, and I, and I don't, I kind of feel bad for him. We've discussed this before, right. but it's more of a laughing at him instead of like, oh, let me hear this, you know, icon who was with Mike and the Mad Dog, you know, and and was one of the great radio shows, if not the best sports radio show ever. Um, you know, Stephen A. has to be careful that they're not spreading him too thin, that these mistakes keep happening and he becomes a joke instead of, you know, being someone who um, has opinion, who's respected right. in, in, a lot, in a lot of ways. I'll say, I, I mean, I think what's hurt him, too, is he's making these mistakes about the NFL. And, and that's you better be careful there because you're going to get caught. You're not going to slip one past anyone watching because of the way the NFL, you know. Dominates the yeah, landscape. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to talk about a million different things. I know the average, exactly. Everyone out there thinks it's easy. To, you know, he should watch. You say like you should watch football. I think he probably does watch football. I mean, I'm not saying eh. his mistake was terrible the other day. I just think it's a little bit harder when you're doing it at a high level to talk about these things on live TV all the time. I'm not. I'm not giving him a a pass, but it's a little bit more difficult then maybe people think they're huge sports fans and they're listening to this podcast and they're saying, "Yeah, I could talk about these things. I'd never make a mistake." Sometimes you misspeak, and well, again, that was a bad. He's had a, right. some terrible ones that are embarrassing, but you can misspeak. Well, listen, every in a big way. every single person who is breathing has misspoken, but I also think you have to be smart enough to not talk about things you don't know. I don't come on here and talk about the NHL. I haven't, you know, I haven't watched the NHL game since 1994, so I'm not going to sit here. So talk about hockey. Now, maybe he has no choice because of his job, but. You know, but, and here's the other thing, though. But in, 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 in a, in I, and I kind of was like a little sympathetic. But here's the other thing, though. It's ESPN. Now, you know, there are times 
where you know I worked at ESPN, I was on Sports Center, I was on all those shows, and there's a lot of things sometimes going on that people don't know. Right. But I always tell like you know like nobody cares, like right. nobody cares. I was on Colin Coward once, and my daughter was home sick, and you know I had her downstairs like four, and she's screaming up because the TV stopped, and I'm just like I had to mute him, yell, I yelled out to her, you know, um, <laughs> mute my phone, say give me five minutes, and then answer the question. No one cares. Like I, you know, I just had to get that right, done right. and that's it. And so, so, so it's, to your point though, you know, Stephen A is getting paid a lot millions. And so when he messes up, um, you know, it's at the highest level. So it's, um, so I can understand when, when people get down on them, but I do think it's a little bit more difficult than people think. All right. On Wednesday, you have a column. There's two parts of the column. The first part, NBC and CBS are switching years for the Super Bowl. That I don't care about. No offense. You knew I didn't care about that, but you. It's business. Yeah. It's business. Yeah, that's a bit. Yeah, yeah. Average man doesn't, doesn't make a difference to me and, and the people listening. The Marv thing is interesting. So Jeff Zucker now takes over for Turner and Bleacher Report, which I think is going to be very interesting because the success Bleacher Report and Turner have had the last couple of years is pretty impressive. They're growing. They've got so much momentum. They they dominate in a lot of areas. And now there's a change at the top, and Jeff Zucker comes in, which I don't know. How, you know. You look at CNN and how awful it is. It, it makes me nervous as a sports fan about what could happen to TNT and uh, Turner and, and um, Bleach Report. But you had a thing in your column that even before Zucker, when David Levy was still there, uh, Turner wants to sort of phase out or at least get Marv off the number one team for the NBA. Yes. That's still the plan for, for Turner? Well, it was the plan with David Levy, who left, who Zucker replaced, and Lenny Daniels, who's the president of Turner. That's what that was their plan. That you know, um, Marv counting this year has three years left on his deal. Two years after this one, and um, the plan was uh, that Marv would, you know, they they in their hopes, I think, is that Marv would do this year and then next year. Uh, Brian Anderson, who, who they had as their leading candidate, um, and so now you know that it's gonna. We have to wait and see what happens. First off, Lenny Daniels, um, Lenny Daniels. We have to see what happens with him because a lot of times when a guy like Jeff Zucker comes in, they like to bring in their own people. Right. Um, you know, especially in high positions. Uh, so, so yeah, that was the plan. I don't know if that will continue to be the plan, but that was. The I mean, plan. listen, in two years. Like you said, Marv's got this season and then two more, so he'll be 79 or 80 when the deal is up. So I can understand. There's a part of me that understands wanting to make that move. There's also a part of me that's like, listen, you have Marv Albert. You leave him there as you know, long as possible. Now, I like Brian Anderson a lot. I think he's very good, but I'll tell you, man, it's, you're gonna, if you're going to boot out Marv in three years and not give that job to Kevin Harlan, that's just that's wrong. Sorry, it's wrong. Yeah, Kevin Harlan's been there a long time. You know, he's been uh, a backup to more, you know, number two guy there. Um, you know, does the Super Bowl on CBS Radio. Uh, so he, uh, you know, Westward One, I guess it is actually now. Um, and so, yeah, Kevin Harlan could get it. Um, you know, you have Ian Eagle out there as well who does games for Turner. Yep. Uh, does the Nets for 25 years. Um, you know, Mike Breen, you would think of, but he's on a, obviously he's not going anywhere because he's on a long-term contract with ABC ESPN. And that's a, still a better job, uh, cause you're doing the finals. Um, and so, um, when you look at it, you know, Brian Anderson, 
you know, he, he, he did spend, he worked for the Spurs for, for nine years, um, I think nine or ten years, uh, and then he was a, eventually a sideline reporter. To me, he's not as much of an NBA guy um, as, you know, Harlan or Eagle. So, right. you know, Harlan's been there a long time. It's kind of his turn, you would say. And then I would say Ian Eagle is probably the best of all those guys that they could get. Uh, two more quick ones before. I, have you checked out the new ESPN? I should have asked you this after we argued about Fox. Have you checked out the new ESPN gambling show that's on at 6 p.m. Eastern? I watched a lot of the first episode. What, what were your thoughts on it? Um, it was pretty good. It was all right, you know, in terms of what it was. I mean, obviously they're going to put everyone on there for that first episode. Right. Uh, they had Van Pelt on there. They had some other people. But, uh, you know, look, they're they're going to try that out. You, news, ESPN News, you know, you know, even though it's on a lot of our cable systems, it's still kind of, you know, when you're at ESPN, that's sort of, um, you know, a sort of double A compared to ESPN2 is, you know, can be majors, but also is like triple A and then ESPN's the majors. Um, so uh, they're trying things out. I think it's. Uh, I found it. I actually found it. You know, for a first show, I found it pretty compelling. I got. I, I all week I've been meaning to. I, Six o'clock is just a rough time because that's usually right when I'm on a train leaving New York City back to lovely Long Island, and I've been meaning to DVR it, and I keep forgetting. Uh, they also have a Jimmy. I know you're old, but they also have an app. Yeah, but I, I don't. Watched on the app. I understand that, and yes, I am old. But yeah. streaming on the Long Island Railroad is not a pleasant experience. Trust me. It's the word. Listen. Hey, when you get me, home, I'll you just work. Say, work. SI pays you big money. Yeah. When you get home, do a little work. Yeah, Watch not, a gambling show. It's a, it's a real job. I'll pass. Um, no, I, I do want to watch it. I will, I will check it out. But I'm just saying it would be nice to be able to watch it on the Long Island Railroad. But for people who don't know around the country, I'll sum up the Long Island Railroad this way. They still use three hole punches when they come around to punch <sighs> the tickets. So... <laughs> Streaming a show on there is not exactly an easy thing to do. Last, I, I should. You just brought up. Though, I just I want to say something. Though. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. People, you just brought up a topic. You're like, I look. I've done no research. Um, I don't know anything about this. What topic? And, but have you done any? I mean, that's what you basically just did. What topic? The gambling this show. The gambling show. Yeah, you're, like, oh, you're one of the show. I haven't watched. You're it. one of the most you trusted media it. critics in the country. I wanted to know your opinion of it. You should I be did, flattered. You should I, be I, flattered, I not it. knocking I me. It. I watched the debut. Yeah, that's yeah. Why do you think I'm having you on here? Okay. Give us some information. All right. All right. I thought it was all right. I thought it was pretty good. Now, I should have asked you this after the Stephen A thing, because this is sort of a similar thing. Now, the NFL Network, they've got their own problem, it seems like, with Charlie Casserly, who (laughs) is out there quoting anonymous people left and right and destroying prospects. Do you think this is a big story? Is this something that's on your radar? Or is this just a little Twitter thing? In what way? I mean, look, I, I, like, should the NFL Network fan. be concerned yeah. that this guy's getting so much heat? Well, I'm just here's the thing. Now, you know, I've written a million stories in my life. I really don't like saying some, letting someone say something anonymous, and then you know, totally questioning someone else's character. Now, when I covered baseball, did I ever talk to a scout about like a minor leaguer, and they'll be like, you know, he can't hit the curveball or something like that? But if they are like questioned as hard or something like that, I don't think I ever ran anything like that. I mean, right. I'm pretty sure um, because I just don't think that's fair. You know, put your name to it if you're going to do that. So, and then you find out that Charlie Casserly um, is consulting prospects about these interviews, but he wasn't doing Kyler Murray's. You know, that's just that does not that does not smell right. right. Um, so, and it's happening on the NFL Network. That's what I find interesting about it. You know, if it happened on FS1, you would say, okay, well, it's FS1. But 
The NFL Network's letting a guy go on there destroying people, uh, you know, with these anonymous quotes. It's a little shaky. Yeah, it's a weird. Uh, I mean, it makes me laugh because I listen to Boomer and Geo. Mm-hmm. And Geo does an impersonation of Caster Lee, don't it? And so when I think about it, he just kind of, you know, he takes it to a different level in terms of, like, breaking it down uh, in that kind of, you know, a little hyperbole about yeah. what Caster Lee actually said. Uh, but to... Uh, to your point, yes, uh, but ultimately most of these places, uh, they care about what you say about the commissioners and what you say about the owners. <laughs> right, and right. the rest of the stuff, it's like, I mean, you know, they don't, they don't want you to disparage people, but, you know, if you just stay away from the owners and the commissioners and, and they're kind of in the money a little bit, then you're probably fine. But that, that's where you can get yourself into if you're if you're on one of those networks where you can really get yourself into some trouble. Yeah. Do you think uh, this will be the last one? What the Browns next year or, or this season, coming season, they play the Patriots and Rams. Those are their two best games. They have the Steelers twice, obviously, but I, who knows what the Steelers would be now this year that the team's dismantled. Opening night NFL that Thursday night NBC first game of the season. Give me a give me the if I had to ask you for a prediction. Hmm. Are we seeing the Browns in that game against the Patriots or Rams? You think? I think John Orand, our buddy from the Sports Business Journal, did wrote said something about the Patriots not being in that game. Right. Like, they, he, in fact, I had him on the podcast to talk about that a few weeks ago, and he said the logic there is that the Patriots are such a guarantee for a rating on a Sunday four twenty five that the networks would rather not mess with that and put something else because the Thursday night game is going to be an automatic ratings generator no matter who you put there on that opening night. So that's why I was wondering about, you know, maybe you go Browns. So I guess guess the answer to your question, though, then, is that I guess the Patriots wouldn't be on then. That's what I guess Well, but they also might. But the flip side of that is now that the Browns are a real team and they've got the – I don't know if there's a team that has more buzz now than the Browns. It seems like they got to be on that Thursday night game. And then, I mean, maybe you go Browns-Steelers – Browns, uh, like I said, they play the Rams. That would be a good game, even though they still have the stench of the Super Bowl there. Or the NFL plays it safe maybe and goes, you know, with, with, with the Chiefs or someone like that. But it seems like they should be capitalizing on the Browns right now. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think they could be the Browns. I, I really have no inside information, so I'd right. be guessing. I mean, they could be any team. But Can uh, you imagine the Browns on opening the NFL season? That would be phenomenal. I mean, they're going to be good. As a Steelers fan, yeah. I'm not looking forward to it. I mean, it, it's hard to imagine. I mean, I don't know. They, somehow they could implode. I guess Baker Mayfield could get hurt. But uh, they they seem loaded. Yeah. All right, we've made it without talking about Francesa. I think we both deserve a pat on the back. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on. And, uh, Jimmy, I enjoyed it. Me too. You were wrong on about eighty-five um, percent of the things you said, and I, but still, I, I enjoyed listen, the, I enjoyed talking. I, to you. Listen, I want nothing more for you than to be tucked in your house on a Saturday morning with the kids, little break from <laughs> writing for the New York Post, Urban Meyer on your TV. I'm sure you will be riveted, riveted. Uh, actually, one of my daughters did say that she she may uh, want to go to like these big schools because she's watching game day. And I think she liked the atmosphere. The the Mount Rushmore. What a what a. Now it, I just have to pay. Now I just have to pay somebody like five hundred thousand dollars. She could be like a polo player. Fo- Fox saying they have the Mount Rushmore of analysts. We'll go on the Mount Rushmore of dumb takes. That's all I know about the Mount Rushmore. Hey, well, I mean, listen, I was quoting a source, yeah. so before yeah. you put it on them, I'll, I'll take the you put put me on that Mount Rushmore. Right. But anyway, well, thanks for mixing it up. I appreciate it. All right, Jimmy. Be, be well. well. Take care. 
All right, my thanks to Andrew Marchand of the New York Post. Good energy there from Andrew. We love that. We're going to get to WWE superstar Roman Reigns in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that this episode of the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast is sponsored by Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Plus, there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections, such as the 100 most popular. And with Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving listeners of the SI Media Podcast a free stock, such as Apple, Ford, or Sprint, to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at simedia.robinhood.com. That's simedia.robinhood.com. Now we go to WWE superstar Roman Reigns. Roman, how are you? Jimmy, what's good, man? How you doing, bud? It is so great. We've talked many times in the past, but this one is obviously extra special. It's great to talk to you today. How are you? I'm doing good. It's good to talk again. Do you remember what happened the last time I had you on this podcast? Uh, we, we've had a few things happen. You, you've insulted me. A <laughs> I just got your age wrong. That was the only thing. There's been no other insults. I know you I got a few grays on my chin, but it's not that bad, man. I know you're 33 now. I got that all worked out. No more there we go. no yeah. more insults. How, how how you doing with everything? Obviously, you're back, you're healthy. It's a phenomenal story. Are you are you going are you would you you just came back, you know, recently. It hasn't been a while yet, but are you back full-time schedule or are you easing into things? We're kind of easing into things. I think it's like in the middle of easing and back to close to full time. But right. right now we're just on a TV schedule. And then obviously, you know, our big events. Uh, but, you know, with it being entertainment, with us, you know, being a scripted storytelling uh, product, we can we can make it work, you know, and, yeah. and to be able to take care of me and, and manage uh, the workload you know, until I feel like I'm swimming pretty good in the deep end, uh, I think we're going to take care of me and just be smart, you know, and, and just slowly introduce me, you know, back to the full schedule. And then hopefully post mania, once we get through, you know, our big, our big events, you know, internationally and, and through the European tour, hopefully by the time we get done with that European tour, I'll be, I'll be on all cylinders, uh, you know, back to, you know, uh, a plus uh, in ring shape, you know, where I can do 30 minute, you know, main events every night and, uh, you know, just get back to complete normalcy. Yeah. I, it's interesting. You mentioned mania. I mean, the timing of your comeback is you, you want to obviously ease into it after what you've been through, but it is WrestleMania season. So I guess that makes it a little more difficult since this is, this is when uh, the WWE takes center stage. Yeah, I never really picked the perfect time or the easiest time <laughs> to get back into stuff. Or, so it, it's it was one of those things that you got to hit the ground running. Right. This is always the most you know busy time of the year for us, but that's what makes it so special for me. And and for the for the months that I was out, 
I miss this, you know, I miss the WWE. I miss my locker room. I miss, you know, everybody backstage, all the camaraderie that I, that I, you know, have on the road with all the, all my coworkers. It's a big family away from family, you know, so to be able to come back and, and help the team out and to be a part of, you know, our biggest event of the year, you know, this is, this is our, our holiday season for us. So yeah. to be a part of that, it really feels special. You, you've obviously, when you came back to Raw, you did that interview with Robin Roberts, Good Morning America, and the WWE Chronicle that's on the WWE Network, which is a, which is a great watch. I recommend it highly. You've talked about, obviously, the leukemia that came back and, and how you dealt with it. I'm, I'm curious about... I'm curious about the mental side of it for you. Um, I think in that in Chronicle, you said you spent the first couple of months on the couch. I'm just curious what message you would have for people going through any sort of illness from the mental standpoint and how important it is to not maybe fall into that depression or maybe it's natural that you're going to fall in that depression, but how you bounce back and snap out of it and how important that was to your recovery. Yeah, it's hard. You know, you, you can you can find yourself in that little spiral going down that rabbit hole of depression, I guess you could say, uh, and a lot of different things, you know, stress there, there's, there's so many different emotions because life continues, you know, right. with, with me, with me, you know, all this stuff going on, my, my bills didn't go away. You know, my kids didn't stop growing. They, they were still getting hungry and, you know, life can had to continue. And, that's just a, a big part of it. And I think you have to come to realization that that's just the way it works and focus on the things you can control. So when I started just focusing on my family and just the enjoyment of being around my kids and just focusing, look, I know you don't want to be here under these circumstances because I'm so used to being on the go. I'm like, I'm nomadic. You know, I mean, we just chase, we, we chase the shows, you know, that's how we live. Uh, once I was able to kind of get my, my brain to calm down on that and just focus on, look, you, you haven't had much time at home in a few years, maximize every minute you have. And when I did that, that's when I started to really get comfortable in, in the situation and really calm myself down and not worry so much and not stress out about being left behind or, you know, not achieving every goal that I set out or, you know, not being able to, you know, get to where I wanted to be exactly. So it, it helped me kind of deal with the time and deal with the obstacles, you know, right. assess the adversity that I was going through and then, you know, kind of create a game plan and, and also give my body time because your body, you know, in, in this situation, there's not like a lot that you can do. You know, you just take your medication and pray for the best or even if you're going through treatments, you could you do your treatments and you hope for the best, but you don't really know if your body is going to do what it needs to do. You don't know how resilient or how how quickly it's going to bounce back. So if you put that in your mind and you start stressing yourself out about that, you end up stressing your body out. So it's it's kind of a uh, a chain reaction. But I think my family and my time with them were they were able to really distract me and and take my mind off of the negative you know aspects. What was what was something because you were finally off the road, obviously not in the circumstances you wanted, but you said earlier you were home for two months. Was there something you accomplished or did that you hadn't been able to do over the years with that crazy WWE schedule that you were like, oh, I'm glad I knocked that out? Well, most recently, you know, and it, it, it's, it was such a little thing, but a huge thing was just for my sons. They're, you know, my sons are a little over two years old now, mm -hmm. so they're still really brand new and they're still learning everything, you know, and 
when I was on that heavy schedule where I was just coming in and out, you know, only home for two days, they would they get to know me for that two days. But I knew they would they were forgetting me. They would forget my face. But mm. the time at home, they it just you know my presence it just dr- was drilled into them to know who I am and you know how I smell and how I act and and just to know that dad has home. You know, right. opposed to like wait who's the, I know that face. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Oh, that is, yep, that's dead now. Yeah, that's... But I'd rather go, I'd rather go to mommy. Right. <laughs> you know, so yeah, for two... me to create those little relationships, it, it was really neat. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, two is that age where their their brains are working in a different way. They start to work in a different oh, way. Yeah. yeah, my mom always says they're not playing. They're learning <laughs> everything that they do. Everything that they do, touch, feel, you know, they're, they're examining everything. Yeah. Tell me... But, the leukemia aside, which is, I know, almost impossible to do, obviously, but you come back on that Monday Night Raw to announce you're in remission, and then you came out last week, was your second week, back on the show. Uh, tell me about the second week more than the first week, because obviously the fir- first week for you is going to be emotional, but what was it like for you to come out that second week when we all knew, thank God, you were healthy, and you're getting cheered now instead of booed when so much of your career was about the boos? Was that jarring that second week when you got cheered? Not, to be honest, no. You know, and, and it, it's funny because, I, you know, there's obviously a lot of articles and people have tracked my career. But if you're there every single night, there's been plenty of nights where I get cheered. Right. Like I'm a complete baby face, you know, and not everybody's there for the Friday shows or, you know, the, the, the international tours. But... There's only a few places that I get, you know, heavily booed. And, and a lot of times that will be on a live, you know, uh, broadcast where the fans know what they're doing and they know it's live and they can act how they want. Um, or, you know, certain, you know, areas depending, you know. But typically it's mainly around TV. But if you go to a live event, I mean, and it's funny because I've read articles where they'll, you know, they note the type of reactions people get. Right. And, you know, they'll note that I got a, you know, primarily positive pop. And you'll see in the comments, uh, they're making that up, just like they filtered in the, the cheers on TV and all this stuff. So it's one of those deals that I've just kind of been, I've experienced it because I'm there every night. But people who only tune in every once in a while or see a TV every once in a while, that's just the one experience or the, the handful of experiences they had. Right. So for me to hear that, it wasn't crazy, you know, it wasn't like a crazy, you know, alien reaction <laughs> that I've never yeah. heard before. But yeah. the fact that it was in Philly and the fact that there was so much, you know, reality tied into it. And that it's weird because I'm at the point now where I walk out there and I'm like half Roman, half Joe now. Right. Well, and before I was able to just check Joe and gorilla and be like, all right, I'll be back. We're going to do this Roman thing for a little while. That it's funny. You brought that up. Cause I have that written right at the top of my little notepad here about when you <laughs> announced the leukemia, you came out as Joe. And I was wondering, do you, th- you know, what does this do? What you've been through to the Roman character. And do you think, Although the Roman character, I guess, is a lot Joe. Would, would that be accurate to say that, or would that be inaccurate to say that? I, well, there's a, there was always a little bit of Joe in there, but yeah. I've always kind of been able to separate them. That way there was no loss of identity. I, I was always able to separate them 
just for the fact of I didn't want to have that WWE bubble around me all the time. I didn't want to be Roman Reigns, the WWE superstar every day. Right. I like going, I like being Joe. I like being who I am, being a regular guy, being a fam, you know, a dad, you right. know, a husband. I, I, I like that. You know, I like to be able to just get outside of that and not take myself too seriously. Do you think, uh, do you so think, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I was going to say, do you think we'd ever see you in the WWE as Joe? Well, I I honestly think last week, you know, that that's what was one of my goals is to get like I was like, okay, I knew the first week was going to be crazy emotional, but I don't want to be the guy that comes out there and everybody gets like semi sad or it gets super heavy all the time. You know, I want right. people to have fun. I want I want to create escapism. I want people to, it's like a, a mini vacation on their couch. Gotcha. Uh, so I was, you know, let's let's get ready. Let's get in these storylines and let's like let's take all this you know positive you know uh sensitivity being sent to me and and let's let's kind of shift it and and send it you know to people in need so that's kind of where i'm at now is you know shifting all this positive energy toward from me to the people in need but also within the the storylines and the character i think because we have introduced joe especially last week i felt like there was a lot of joe within the promo uh, of segment one mm-hmm. and even with the interaction of Seth, I, I just feel like with me kind of integrating the characters and, you know, who I am in real life and who I am on, you know, on stage for me to kind of mix them. It allows me to, you know, kind of laugh at Roman a little bit, right, just right. have a little more fun and be a little more loose opposed to the, you know, the more stoic brawler, you know, I, right. if I, you know I, me in real life, you know, I'm, you know, kind of like my cousins. I'm a, I'm a bit of a clown. I act up, you know, I, we goof off a lot. You know, we, we're silly, you know, we're just big kids, you know, we're, we're always, you know, goofing around and trying to laugh. So I I think if I can add that in the next couple of years, you know, those layers of, you know, just being a chilled out, you know, a little more comedy, uh, that would be great. On a few different emotions. I think that'll be pretty neat. Yeah. That'll definitely be cool to see that side of you. I have to admit, this may, really make me sound like a sicko and I, I hope it doesn't but i have to admit when i was watching that when i was watching you the second week back i'm you know i watch it for me it's a little weird because i'm watching it as sort of two different people i'm watching it as like the guy who works for sports illustrated and does interviews and you've always been great to me and i've always loved doing the interviews interviews with you so like it's like i'm happy you're back and that's great and then there's like the wrestling fan of me and i'm like this would be the perfect time for roman to just kick the shit out of seth rollins go heel but you, could, <laughs> yeah. you just there's no way you could have done that last week right there's just no way <laughs> it's funny. I I always look at both sides of the fence too, and I was feeling the same way. Like, what a setup! That was. Oh yeah, and you tease. You know, I gotta say, I thought for maybe a second or two it was happening because you guys were waiting for Dean, I think, to come in, and you were looking around and <laughs> yeah. doing that heel thing. And I'm like, if he pops him, this would be phenomenal. So, um, I know you gotta go. Very quickly, tell me about doing the movie with The Rock and being in Hawaii, if you can. Let's let's end on that, if you don't mind, because that was uh, cool to see. It was awesome, you know, and I, I've always been the guy who stays on the live events. You know, a lot of my coworkers and peers have, have been able to, you know, jump that fence and, and be on a movie set and, and make a film. I, I had no clue. I've always asked, you know, I, I was asking, I think, the B team, you know, a few months ago about the movie they did with the WWE and just getting all the details and what the experience was like and the etiquette of being on set and all the just, I had like a bunch of just like a, you know, a bunch of Mark questions, just asking right. all the questions. And, uh, 
it, it was neat to be able to go through the experience and see how their magic is made and and to be able to take my experience from you know what we do from live performance and television and uh, to be able to use some of it and learn yeah, it kind of gave me uh, a little bit of a head start to be able to understand some of the terminology and, and just the, 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 the ways of thinking and, and the method behind all their madness. So it was neat. It was awesome to see, you know, Dwayne and his element to see the world that he's built. Uh, that That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that's some world. He, yeah. He's, he's got a, a pretty neat setup. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to give any secrets away. <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't be a, a a bad transition to, to start living like he does. Right. But uh, yeah, it, it was neat. You know, it was fun. And, but the really cool part was to be able to be a part of a film that really highlights our, our Samoan culture, you know, the Polynesian mm-hmm. way of life uh, yeah. to be able to take a box office feature to our Island. Uh, we're very proud of that. So it's going to be really neat and hopefully the world enjoys, you know, a bit of our customs. Well, I'm glad you got to do that. And obviously I'm glad you're back and healthy and, able to do interviews again and um really i was pulling for you i'm glad you're back hopefully you guys wwe has wrestlemania going on in new york city this year so you get the whole thing nxt smackdown raw wrestlemania all in new york so roman will be here hopefully uh maybe we run into each other and uh thanks for doing this i appreciate it and like i said i'm, I'm glad you're back and glad you're healthy thank you jimmy thanks for having me it was good talking to you man you too take it easy thanks, thanks for being nice this time Oh, come on. I've always one one slip up. One slip up. I said forty-three instead of thirty-three. Don't hold it against me. I you promised me the last time you would watch The Office and you and I I didn't even call you out and ask you if you did, but you know so I, I shut it. I was See? after the forty three X said ah. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, All right. Sure. All right. Be well, Roman. Take care. All right, brother. You Thanks, too. Jim. Take care. All right, my thanks to WWE superstar Roman Reigns for coming on. Glad he's back and especially glad he's healthy. And my thanks to New York Post sports media columnist Andrew Marshan. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to the SI Media Podcast. We're all over the place. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Check it all out. Please subscribe. It helps a lot. We'll see you next week right here on the SI Media Podcast. Take care. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.